A couple of years ago, the Guardian newspaper ran a story entitled, The Town That's Found a Potent Cure for Illness, Community. There was a small town in England that had experienced a dramatic fall in emergency room admissions. And scientists began to research why. The improved health of the community wasn't because of a new medicine. It wasn't because of significant changes in the lifestyles of its residents. Physical health improved through a deepening of community connections with friends and neighbors. I want you to catch that. Thriving community changed people's health. After a trial study, the data showed that isolated people with health problems who had the support of community groups, who had the support of volunteers, those people with community experienced a significant decrease in the number of emergency room admissions to the hospital. In fact, one doctor remarked, no other interventions on record have reduced emergency admissions across a population like friendship. In response to the research, Helen Kingston created a directory of agencies and community groups to help patients find the support that would improve their health. The goal was to break the unhealthy cycle of illness. The unhealthy cycle of illness, the illness which leads to isolation, and then the isolation leads to loneliness, and the loneliness leads to an increase in the seriousness of the disease. Isn't that interesting? In fact, since then, dozens of other studies have reinforced these same conclusions. For example, HIV patients with strong social support have lower levels of the virus than those without community support. Another study found that women have a better chance of surviving colon cancer if they have secure connections with family and friends. Most remarkably, older patients, older patients who have one or two chronic diseases, their death rate doesn't change at all compared to those seniors without chronic diseases. Community makes that much difference. And why are we surprised? Why are we surprised that once again, science verifies God's design for the church? Science is showing that fellowship and the care of others are good for our physical health. But we struggle. We as Americans struggle to do community well. Uh, recently, I read about an experience that Larry Crabb had when he and his wife were walking down a street in Miami, Florida. Uh, they passed a place that had a, a wood-slotted porch that was 10 feet deep and 60 feet of sidewalk frontage. And in that area, they had placed a hundred some odd chairs that were evenly spaced, all facing the same direction. And in almost all of those hundred chairs, there sat a retired man or a retired woman staring straight ahead at the street. There was no conversation. There was no interaction. There was no interest in life around them. 
Everyone sat in their chairs and stared straight ahead. And Crabb concluded by saying this, these people's souls were asleep. They were numbed. They were numbed by, I suppose, years of lifeless relationships and pointless conversations. Now, no doubt these seniors had conversations in the past that were important at the time. Business deals, romantic encounters, child scoldings, religious meetings. Still, maybe such encounters with other people had never touched anything deep enough to stir life in them. What's he saying? Maybe their relationships never got below the surface. If we're not careful as disciples of Jesus, we can become like the passionless retirees sitting in chairs. People can surround us, but we can still lack meaningful connections with others. That's a problem. In fact, Eugene Peterson puts it this way. There can be no maturity in the spiritual life no obedience in following Jesus, no wholeness in the Christian life, apart from immersion in an embrace of community. I am not myself by myself. What does Christian community bring us that we cannot produce alone? First, Christian community brings us growth and encouragement. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13 says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. This word for encourage, it's the idea of calling another person to your side to help with a difficult situation. I want you to picture encouragement this way. I want you to think of the last time that you took a child or a grandchild to the skating rink. And maybe it was their first time and you lace up their skates on the carpeted area and your kids, they laugh and they squeal as they get used to this weird feeling of having wheels on their feet. And while on the carpet, your child thinks they already have a knack for this skating thing. So when you offer to help them out onto the rink, they say, no, I've got this. But as soon as they step on that concrete rink or that wooden rink, you know what happens. They get out there and their first step on the rink, they crash. They go down like a pile of bricks. Your child crawls to the rink wall they grab the carpet on the wall and they hold on for dear life and they climb back up onto their feet. And what do they do next? After they fall, they call their parents. Can you help me? You go out as parent and you hold their hand and the whole time the parent is alongside them, encouraging them. What would that child, child skating experience be like if they lacked the encouragement of the parent? Uh, most children would learn to hate skating. It's the same way in the church. 
God created humanity with the need for community. So we have people alongside us who can give us the encouragement we need in the Christian life. As Christians, you and I, we need fellow believers who wait for us on a friendship bench. What is a friendship bench? Uh, A friendship bench is quite literally a park bench, a park bench with a higher calling. In Zimbabwe, Africa, where I found this about this, learned about this story, scattered all around their major cities are friendship benches. And you'll see a picture of it here on the screen. Uh, Most of the time when you pass a friendship bench, you will find someone sitting there waiting to talk to someone. Uh, The person waiting is a community member who's trained to counsel folks who are struggling with what they call in Zimbabwe, thinking too much. It's what we call in America, depression. So a counselor sitting on this park bench, waiting for people who are looking for someone to talk about because they're depressed. And here's what I found interesting about this story. Dr. Dixon uh, Chimbanda, a psychiatrist at the University of Zimbabwe, he came up with the name Friendship Bench back in 2006. In Zimbabwe, as in most places, there's a lot of stigma around mental illness. And Chimbanda figured out that while people were hesitant to head to a mental health clinic to speak with a medical professional, professional about their mental health, they were generally willing to sit on a park bench and share their worries with someone within the community. So at these benches, community counselors and patients meet meet weekly to discuss personal issues, but also to develop a plan to overcome the difficulties. Now here is what is most interesting. The strategy of the friendship bench was impacting people's mental health. According to a study that tracked 573 uh, patients who struggled with anxiety or depression over a six-month period, what they found out was this. Only 13% of those who participated in the friendship bench program still had symptoms of depression. In other words, 87% of the people who participated in these friendship benches, after six months, they overcame their anxiety. Have you noticed that meaningful community not only impacts physical health, it also impacts mental health. But here's the third thing it impacts. Community impacts spiritual health. Our spiritual health is improving or suffering based on the community that we have or that we lack. If you're unhealthy spiritually, I would be willing to take a guess that's because you lack healthy community. We need a community for growth. We need community for encouragement. We also need community for accountability. You and I both know that sin thrives in secrecy. Have you ever noticed that when sin becomes a habit in the life of a disciple, that that person's biggest desire is to pull away from fellow believers? 
Why do you think that is? It's because we know that a healthy Christian community is going to ask us tough questions about our sin. They're going to ask us tough questions about our personal temptations and if they have a mastery over us. Uh, Proverbs 15, 31 says this, Whoever heeds life-giving correction will be at home among the wise. Proverbs 10, 17 says, Whoever heeds the discipline shows the way to life, but whoever ignores correction leads others astray. Boy, I hope you caught that. Here's how we could put it. Church, not only is holiness contagious, but sinfulness is contagious as well. You become like the people in your community. So here's what I want you to ask yourself. Am I connected to people who are mature? Am I connected to people who are growing in Christ? Is this community of people helping me become the person that God wants me to be? Not only is holiness contagious within community, but sinfulness is contagious in community also. Christian community brings growth. It brings encouragement. Christian community brings accountability. And finally, Christian community brings the practice of living the gospel. The practice of living the gospel. In the New Testament, the term one another occurs 100 times. And 59 of those occurrences are specific commands teaching us how and how not to relate to one another in the body of Christ. Obedience to those one another commands, it forms the basis of all real Christian community and it has a direct impact on our witness to the world. In John 13, verse 35, Jesus says this, by this, everyone will know that you are my, are my disciples if you love one another. With the New Testament's emphasis on one another, this shows that there are many parts of Scripture, church, that we cannot practice living unless we're involved in community. You can't practice them without community. Let me give you some examples. If I want to learn how to forgive someone, what better place than being in a community with believers where someone close to me has wronged me and I practice forgiving them within Christian community. Or how about this? I can't serve people unless I'm close enough to people to know what their needs are. Or I can't encourage anyone if I'm not close enough to them for them to say, hey, I could sure use your help. I can't carry another person's burdens if I'm not close enough to them to know what their struggles are. What's my point? You can't practice the Christian life without community. Sometimes the struggles that we have in community is exactly what we need to grow and mature from the current status quo that we're in. If you're stagnant in your Christian life, check to see if you have community that's calling you to practice obedience to Scripture. I believe it is impossible. It is impossible to live the Christian life in its fullness without Christian community. 
the name of our church is Blendville Christian Church. And the reason that is, is because the neighborhood where our church is located at 22nd and Pitcher, at one time it used to be called Blend City. Uh, Joplinism was a mining town at one point, and where we're where our church resides right now is the place where they would blend together zinc and ore. So Blend City. Eventually, they changed it from Blend City to Blendville. Now today, this neighborhood no longer blends ore together. But this church, we still are in the business of blending. We blend together Groups. Yes, we may come together once a week at 22nd and Pitcher uh, in this location for a worship service on Sunday mornings. But the real ministry, the real work of the church happens in community. It happens in groups. It happens in groups of people uh, numbering six to 15 in number. And those six to 15 people get together every week and they learn how to follow Jesus together. In that learning to follow Jesus, they share what Jesus is teaching them. They share where they're struggling to grow in the Christian life. They pray for one another. They serve one another in those groups. Whether you worship with us at the church building or online, you need Christian community. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I want you to plug in to community life. I want you to plug in to a life group. For those that are members of Blendville Christian Church, if you're already a part of a life group here, get that restarted. Contact those people and make your plan on when you're going to start meeting together again. We need community. Uh, maybe you're not in a community currently, but you can start one yourself. You could start your own life group. Uh, you can call your neighbors. You can call your family, call your friends, your coworkers, and say, hey, I want to follow Christ better, and I need people who can help me with that journey. Let's get together once a week. And you start your own life group. Or maybe, maybe you want to be plugged into a life group. So you need to call, contact the church and let us know that so we can find a group that has room for you to join them. Now, if you're needing that, if you want to be plugged into a life group, here's what I'd ask you to do. Email the church at connect.blendville at gmail.com. Again, that's connect.blendville at gmail.com. And we will get in contact with you and we'll find a group that you can grow with. But here's the other thing. As your group comes together and as you get ready to meet, I would ask that one person from each group email the church. And here's what I want, us, want you to tell us. When do you meet? Where do you meet? And who are the people that are part of your group? When do you meet? Where do you meet? And who are the people that are a part of your group? Now, you can do this also by emailing us at connect.blendville at gmail.com. Connect.blendville at gmail.com. Church, the church is not a building. 
The church is groups of gathered believers who learn and practice following Jesus together. Become a part of the church. Get together with other believers. God bless.